Do you like to be the first name of your sex tape? Well, if you like to be the first to listen to podcasts, you might want to check out our Patreon because now we're offering a brand new membership tier called Name of Your Sex Tape. I couldn't help it, guys. I'm sorry. For five pounds a month, you'll get an ad-free version of our weekly episode on a Tuesday, a full day earlier than its usual release. So you can be the very first to talk about how funny our guest was, how quickly you cracked the case, or how badly I answered a question. Plus, you'll get all the benefits of our regular tier, including our live Zoom records, a special shout out on the podcast, and if you really like to hear us talk, we've got an entire back catalog of extra content. Check it out on patreon.com forward slash drunk women solving crime. Name of your sex tape. Name of your sex tape. Name of your sex tape. Fancy coming along to see Drunk Women Solving Crime live? Ooh, yes please. Why not join us for our monthly London residency at the marvellous Museum of Comedy? We've got monthly shows through to June. Plus, every show is a double header, so you get to see us record not one, but two episodes with two fantastic guests. You can find tickets on our website, drunkwomensolvingcrime.com. Shows are selling out fast, so be quick. Noise. Noise. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The drunk women will be downing Prosecco at this year's Edinburgh Fringe. You can see them from the 3rd to the 11th of August, inclusive 7.20pm at the Underbelly Bristow Square. Tickets are now on sale at underbellyedinburgh.co.uk. Drunk Women Solving Crime. My name's Katie Wilkins and I'm an author and comedian. I'm joined by screenwriter Hannah George. Hello. And writer-comedian Taylor Glenn. Hello. This is where Brandy meets bludgeoning, Mimosa meets misdemeanour and Port meets prostitution. It's a true crime podcast with a twist of lime. Coming up on Drunk Women Solving Crime. Anything gynecological, just, uh, no, no. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I really went there. <laughs> he referred to aliens as that mob up there. <laughs> Amazing. You're not going to waste bullets when you can just burn mm. women. <laughs> I now want to be the toothless sex worker. Now it's time for drunk women solving crime. We are joined by the fantastic writer and broadcaster Sally Hughes. Yay! Yes. Hello. Hello. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. I'm delighted to be here. Hooray. Please, can you tell us, have you ever been the victim of a crime? 
uh, several times. I'll take out the dark stuff. There are, there are a couple, <laughs> there are a couple of um, weird ones. So when I was a kid, I was raised by my father. My mother left. This is happier than it sounds. <laughs> so um, I was raised by my father and we had a babysitter and uh, we were burgled Ooh. by some bad boys she'd fallen <gasps> into company with. Oh, and, wow. Um, our house was burgled and... They were so stupid that they uh, stole a three-pack of banjo chocolate bars, which were fa- which were popular chocolate bars in the eighties, and they replaced them with a family pack of Kit Kats. What? <laughs> that literally happened. So, so you know those kind of two-finger Kit Kat strips yeah. that you get in the supermarket. Yeah. We we didn't have them, and the, and, and they put them in the fridge, but removed our banjo bars. That's so weird. So Why my dad came them? home and was like, Jesus, what's this and the police were kind of taking um, fingerprints and stuff and we found these for the banjos yeah for the whole house oh okay they'd stolen like stupid stuff but basically they'd stolen some chocolate but given us some other chocolate so weird there was that and then um, and was that an upgrade because I didn't grow up with that no it's a downgrade Downgrade. oh it's a downgrade it was a downgrade but the replacement is it's kind of adorable that's like a sassy little swap gotcha Gotcha. And then one year on New Year's Eve, I went out with my friend Julia and we made the fatal mistake of going out on New Year's Eve, which one must never do. Yeah, horrible. <laughs> and one must never horrible. do. It cannot end well. And of course, we couldn't get taxis. Of course, we couldn't get uh. home. And so we got the night bus and then a, a gang of boys kind of started talking to us and we ignored them and then they mugged us on the way home. Oh, no. And then, but, but then, so we had to, they took our keys and everything so we couldn't get into the house. So we ended up going to the police station and going around oh. to Julia's sisters to sleep and I was in my club clothes yeah. and I was put to bed in a child's bunk bed because oh. it was kind of five in the morning <laughs> and I woke up in the morning in my miniskirt and my kind of lycra body this was the 90s <laughs> and then had mascara all down my face oh. And I opened my eyes and there was a very elaborate Meccano structure built around my head <laughs> and a child with a pure like shit I'm busted face on because he had built a massive construction around my head. And then there was the sinking realisation as I opened my eyes and saw his face that I was lying in child's piss. Oh it was God. the worst day. So I lost my favourite pair of jeans, which were in my overnight bag. Oh. A load of tips I'd made working the door at a club. Oh. Slept in piss, had Meccano built around me. Um, How and sure was are in we last it's night. not your piss? Yeah. <laughs> How know, drunk were you? I've got an exceptional bladder control, I have to say. Yeah. I've, I've got good bladder control. Maybe it's because I'm too uptight. I don't know. <laughs> I'm confused by, I don't mean to like, you know, labor around the piss details <laughs> yeah but do you think you were so drunk that you got put to bed and it was already there yes. or did this kid okay because i'm yes. picturing him building and i'm like well i can't take a break got the, <laughs> yeah. got the construction site here so i'll just no he'd pissed the bed i had fallen into his bunk bed in a heap depressed sad oh. tearful because i was really skint at the time i was really young had no money yeah. whatsoever yeah. um i had been put in this bed at kind of 5am as he was getting up he'd already pissed in it right. I fell asleep oh. I woke up in a puddle of child's piss with oh. Meccano being built around my head <laughs> that is wearing that's a the worst tiny New Year's. mini skirt and what year no had money. it just turned into and was this a premonition for a very bad year <laughs> I think this was New Year's Eve 94 okay, okay. Oh, so I was 19 
Okay. It's yeah. better than the millennium, isn't it? That's not how you want to spend your millennium. That's like, that was such a big night. <laughs> you don't want also, to. It's, it's like the start of a film. Like that's the beginning of the film, and then by the end, everything's brilliant, and you have a great career. But that's like the before right. shot. Like I need to make yeah. a change. I'm waking up in child's <laughs> pits. Yeah, yeah. No, it's the, it's the bit where they turn Amy Schumer into an alcoholic for having one glass of wine, isn't it? It's yeah. one of those scenes. Yeah. Um, and yeah, they never found them, and they never found my stuff. Um, oh. it, it was quite bleak, but oh, it was boy. so bleak that it makes Julia and I hysterical to talk about oh, it. Wow. <laughs> it was just so completely awful. It's hard to imagine oh. a more sinking feeling than that. <laughs> anyway, the moral here is do not go out on, on New, New Year's, Year's Eve. Eve. Mm. Unless it's to a friend's house. Yeah. And, pl- and book your taxi in advance book your taxi or make in your advance. spouse stay sober. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, we do this thing where we ask people what they would say if they had the perp now. <laughs> Are we talking Sorry, the child? The yeah, <laughs> the child or the guy that monked you. Like, um, yeah, well, yeah, so you have multiple perps. I'm really do- doubling down on the word Yeah, perp. I barely scratched the surface of my criminal history. Oh, but yeah, should yeah. we do a few more? Oh, go oh, on, what should we do? Oh, no, the, like all sorts of stuff. I've been uh, mugged, attacked, flashed, <gasps> all sorts yeah. of things. And they've always Oof. kind of led to quite strange situations. <laughs> I seem to um, always come into contact with crime. It's very bizarre. I've had to call 999 a few times really? in my life. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's quite Can you tempting. tell us one of the calling 999? Uh, so when I lived in Streatham... Uh, so only about probably 18 months after the piss bunk, um, I, piss bunk I was yeah. on my way home on a 159 bus to Streatham and um, a man was just being massively creepy and uh, just was sitting next to me even though there were loads of empty seats oh. and I kept moving he kept going and then I got off the bus and he followed me off the bus oh, and so I found a phone box and I dialed 999 and said you have to get me home because I'm just wow. terrified of yeah. uh, walking up my street and they did the police came and wow. they gave me lift home and they scared him and yeah Brilliant. Yeah, they were great. As soon as he mm. saw the police car coming, he ran away. Wow. But my experiences of dialing 999 have been wholly positive, and my experiences wow. with the police Please. in adulthood have been... Well, that's reassuring to hear, because yeah, in the last podcast, we had a terrible police story <laughs> where they did nothing. Yeah, it's nice so to have they, a bit of balance. This is nice to flip it and be like, okay... We might be safe if we call the police. <laughs> yeah, good. I deal with the police quite a lot through um, my charity, Beauty Banks. And then, ah. um, in my experience, they're, they're exceptionally helpful and working under nightmarish conditions. Oh, well, yeah, with all the cuts. And, um, yeah, no, they have a terrible time. And actually, yeah. they, they, they when you get talking to them day to day, in their day to day operations, they're actually really progressive and yeah. on our side. Awesome. They're just under massive bullshit pressure yeah. from government and mm. PRs. And yeah, stuff. yeah. Now it's time for drunk women solving crime. The crime that we are about to discuss takes place in London, England. I know. (laughs) She looked at me like I don't know where I fucking live. Like, yeah, maybe 10 years ago I didn't know where that was, but now. Just because it could be a trick in a different London, but it's this one. Okay, um, on the morning of the 13th of November... A person is crossing the street from their home in Cheapside to attend Mercer's Chapel. They never make it to the chapel. Okay. Instead, they are shot... Sorry, said morning? Yes, it's the okay. morning. Very important. Very important. Yep, it's morning. He's about... Oh, shit. You're not supposed to have told us it was a he. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> it's all right. Well, okay. That's just one last question. Um... <laughs> 
this person is crossing the road to get to the chapel. They never make it to the chapel because they are shot with a gun and killed. Ooh. I can tell you, this incident... Sorry, is- I made that sound like, ooh. <laughs> I like, ooh, Like rare. you're turned on by it. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of gun? Just because it's so much rarer here, so it's... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But you're like, oh, I just feel at home. I'm- <laughs> 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 um, and Cheapside, is that the... That's East End? Yeah, it's, it's like the city, isn't city. it? City, oh, yeah. City. It's okay. kind of between Bank and St. Paul's. Uh-huh, it's, okay. It's shiny seat area. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And I can tell you this as well. This incident is considered to be probably the first murder with a handgun in London. Interesting. What year again? Well, that is my next question. First murder with a handgun in London. What year do you think that that happened in? Gracious. 1927. Okay. Any advance? No, it would be earlier than that. When did they first? Or am I throwing people off? (laughs) When did they have handguns? Did they have handguns in like the First World War? I'm trying to think of that, that, like those videos and stuff of the people. So the definition of a handgun is a gun you can operate with only one hand. Mm-hmm. Like you don't need two hands. Yeah, to so not a shotgun, it. a farm. Yeah, yeah. Not like oh, yeah. I really don't know when they were invented. I'm proud that I don't. Know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, the Glock model uh, came out in 1897 <laughs> trying to take our rights. I don't want to be that guy. 1875. I feel like people would mm. like have liked guns for a long time. I feel mm. it was 18 something. Yeah, but I don't. Mm. Oh God. Okay. I think you guys are right. Well, like, I'm fed up of how to use two hands to kill people. I <laughs> <laughs> just do it with one. <laughs> How am I supposed to eat my sandwich <laughs> okay. and take somebody out? You guys are all very wrong. Oh no! Ooh. 1974. Um. <laughs> 1536. No. What? So is huh? it like a kind of musket vibe? Well, yeah, it's some the kind of... musket. Nice. Some kind of pistol or something. Oh, but of it, course. Ah. Of course. Um, as soon as you say pistol, I'm like, yes, pistols at dawn. The dueling They're pistol. so mm. old. Okay. I really was picturing like Magnum P.I. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you're right. It's the dueling yeah. vibe. Right. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, really, uh, like Shakespeare doesn't get born for another 28 years. Yeah. Wow. That's what we're dealing Amazing. with. Amazing. I can't yeah. wait to hear how they describe women in this case. <laughs> really nice. That was going to be my question. I was going to be, do you think the first victim of a handgun is male or female? And then... I, I was... would have guessed male anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah, you're not going to waste bullets when you can just burn mm. women. <laughs> you can just burn them now that we know Also, the there's year. loads of time to catch up on those figures <laughs> and then them a hundred yes. million times oh over. Oh my god, <laughs> so true. Um, it's early yet. It's, it's early. There's everything to play for. I just feel like because this is so long ago, it's 1536, I feel like we should just maybe get a bit of like local colour flavour to just set the scene a bit. We don't even have Shakespeare yet. Um, it's the old St Paul's because the new St Paul's didn't get built till 1666. Uh, yes. wow. yeah. I just thought, just for fun, I'm going to ask you guys, who is the monarch at this time? Oh, oh good God. God. Oh, mate. <laughs> like Queen Elizabeth the something. Uh, Queen Elizabeth the first is three years old. Oh, moment. so I was in the ballpark. Yeah. I literally am going via so Blackadder Henry VIII? Yes. Yes. <sighs> well done. <clears throat> Does anyone want to take a guess at which wife he's on? Jane Seymour. Correct. Whoa! I didn't oh. even know that was a wife. <laughs> no, I did. I've heard yeah. Detective Seymour. Hughes, this is exactly why we brought you here today. <laughs> so, She's got specialized skills. 
in the area of history. Um, and, and only just too. So we're in the November of, of 1536. Mm-hmm. In the May, he's had Anne Boleyn executed. The next day, he gets engaged to Jane Seymour. And then 10 days later, they get married. Uh, so he's a real romantic. Um, <laughs> he loves Jane Seymour, though, doesn't he? Yeah. She's the one. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the whole romantic, she's the one. <laughs> she, this one's going to stick. Find yourself a man that'll execute his wife for you. Yeah. That's what I say. Um, I mean, he doesn't really have anything to do with this. I just thought I'd set the scene. No, We're that's in, interesting. That's good. Because um, Henry was like fucking about with stuff. So this is the murder of Robert Packington. And his murder was also later interpreted as martyrdom. Am I pronouncing that right? Martyrdom. 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 Thank you. You want to hear how I say it? Yeah. Martyrdom. (laughs) (laughs) Fucks it right up, doesn't it? Martyrdom. I don't really have that accent. Martyrdom. So, question. What do we think Robert Packington did for a living? Well, he's got to be quite important, hasn't he, for somebody to... I mean, unless he was caught in crossfire. Yeah, well... Oh, is he the victim? Oh, he's the victim. He's the victim. Sorry. Sorry, we're looking for the perp. So if someone's like assassinating him, which yeah. is what it kind of sounds you have like, to think yeah, so, yeah, and okay, so is this part of London at that time not very nice? Is this kind of should I take the cheap side label literally? Because now cheap side is like the nicest part. Oh of no, any I think city. It, no, I think at this stage it's a shithole. It's a shithole, right? I would think it's a shithole. So I, I actually, took the liberty of googling cheap side. Mm. And it doesn't mean anything to do with being cheap. It's an it's an old Saxon word for market. Chep, is it? Cheppy, cheap. Nice. Um, oh, I love these. See, yeah, this is fun. But it we're was, laughing, it was, it was a learning. trading <laughs> area. Oh, actually, and he lives here, and he's on his way to yeah, church. So he basically, yeah. So if you like to, for someone to to expend a bullet on you, you would need to be important. Yeah, it would. You would need to be like a threat, or there yeah. would need to be a serious beef. Yeah. You're not going to be a kind of wooden tooth prostitute, are you? <laughs> You're going to be like a oh, person of note. Yeah. I Robert Packington, that yeah. Yeah. a wooden tooth prostitute. I yeah, I love that animated series. Okay. So but he's important. What do you think? Well, is he something to do with the king? Is he the one of, to, like a guy in the court or the parliament or something? Is he something to do with the church? Is he a high up, like, bishop? Like a cleric. A cleric. A wooden toothed cleric. These are all good guesses. (laughs) Why is a prostitute the head of the Church of England? Is he um, something to do with money, like a banker or financier? Yeah, do you know what? You've all kind of sort of got basically yes to all of you. So he was um, a London (laughs) merchant. Don't humor us. (laughs) No, no, no. You're all winners, (laughs) kids. But like, if I go no, you'll go no. But but right. So he was a London merchant Mm. and a member Mm. of Parliament. Okay. So money. They um, were multitaskers. Yeah. Nothing to do with the church, though. I was the most wrong. No. Let the record show. That comes up. Okay. But I can't tell you about it yet. So he started out exporting cloth and importing various wares uh, for a company called the Mercer's Company. And they were one of the 12 great li- right, livery, livery companies. Livery. Livery. Thank you. It's good that you're here. <laughs> so Which is why we have a guest. It's just a pronunciation. Do you know things? <laughs> to help us out. Clever. Yeah. Um, 12 livery companies of London at the time. Fun fact, there are now 110 livery companies. Mm. At this time, there are 12. And that, just in case the listeners don't know, <laughs> that refers to the trade of cloth. I mean, is that what a livery... Um, I've never really known what that word means. I googled it and it's just, it's like, they're like a really ancient modern trade association guilds. So they kind of help make the laws of how I you're going to trade okay. and they, they write up 
how okay. they're like the transport of trade and industry kind of vibe i think yeah okay they're kind of the bureaucracy and admin behind making rules for how you're going to trade and they do charitable right. but one of it's his it's one of those words you like run across i'm like yeah, i know what that means please don't ask me to define it ever <laughs> yeah but i kind of get it so they played a significant part in city life and made rules for how the, all the different professions would interact with each other. Did charitable giving, and they also, they had, like, voting rights for sort of senior civic offices, uh, for, like, they could choose who the Lord Mayor was and stuff. Um, but one of his jobs was to draw up articles on behalf of the Mercers for presentation to Parliament so that they could get these made into laws and stuff. And he was one of the people that was asked to do this. He was asked to do this in um, 1523 and then again in 1529, and the and he did it with other people, but he was one of the main ones. And the one of the articles that he drew up in in 1529 was considered by one source I saw to be sharply anti-clerical. Oh, so he's throwing shade, 16th yeah. century style. Yeah, <laughs> he's making some enemies. Um, but he's doing really well at his job. So in 1528, uh, he was elected warden of the company. Um, and then um, he got elected to Parliament in a by-election shortly after this. Um, so question, what year do you think he got elected to Parliament? Well, I guess it's, what was it, 1629? Well, we're in the... We're, 15, so he, 1533. Uh, yes. Yeah. Fucking <laughs> hell! Yeah. Look at me! Uh, Look at me work. guessing shit. October right. 1533. I, yes, October. I was going to say October. <laughs> because uh-huh. they all, all are... In, in October. Um, and then he was re-elected in 1536. So he got known for certain views in this new job. What do you think those views were? Anti-clerical. Yes. <laughs> I guess. I mean, I'm already gutted that he's dead. Like, I feel like I, I feel like he had important work to do that we could do with the legacy of right now. Yeah. So he, he, he wasn't religious, particularly, or, or didn't allow religion to be instrumental in politics. Well, it's complicated because at this time, Henry VIII is making all these sweeping reforms. Yes. Um, so the Protestants and the Catholics are all mm. kind of really fighting each other. Mm-hmm. Um, Destroying some very nice stained glass along the way. <laughs> bit of burning. Bit of burning. Yeah. A lot of priest holes. <laughs> I've got a quote here. The chronicler Edward Hall records that in Parliament, Packington again revealed anti-clerical sentiments, um, speaking somewhat against the covetousness and cruelty of the clergy. Mm. Wow. Mm. So he was... So so it's a slightly anti-corruption ticket, really. (laughs) Yes, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I was just going to say, is that is that the equivalent to separation of church and state? That he was against the church having any say in governmental issues? I think, in, yeah. And at this time, they basically have a hand in, in everything. Yeah, that's definitely one They're, aspect of it. Yeah, so they can they can vote on. See how quickly and, the American has gone to this theory. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't know how you got there so quickly. <laughs> how it just tripped off the tongue. <laughs> Final... You don't have these problems. <laughs> <laughs> In the final years of his life, uh, Packington even directly reported to a certain famous historical figure of the time. Joan um, of Arc. <laughs> right? You can all guess, and then okay. I will give you a really fun clue. Is uh, it the guy... Wait, say the question again, sorry. When you say historical figure at the time, are you yeah. saying that person was already historical to them? Uh, so the person to them is famous and important. And Currently. And they reported uh, to, yeah. to them? Yeah. Okay, so it's not baby Elizabeth. 
<laughs> is it the guy that Danny Dyer's um, related to? Yes, he is. Okay, that Danny was, Dyer's great, great, that great, great, was great my clue. Danny oh. Dyer is related to him. So oh, it's Thomas awesome. Thingy, isn't it? Thomas. Which was surely Cromwell. the greatest, the greatest moment of television. Oh my gosh! The so gra- much. Can you imagine the production team? How much they must have oh. just been jizzing as they realised <laughs> that Danny Dyer was actual royalty. <laughs> so good. And my favourite bit is when they like he's talking to the really posh person that he's. Distantly related to, and the person says Thomas Cromwell was a controversial figure, and Danny Dyer goes, "Oh, a bit like Marmite, was he?" <laughs> <laughs> Danny Dyer is the best kind of funny because he's funny both accidentally and on yeah. purpose. Yeah. And the funniest people are funny accidentally and on purpose. It's like the perfect, perfect balance. I remember and he, he, did, a, so he did a show about um, aliens, and he said that um, he referred to aliens as that mob up there. <laughs> Amazing. Yes, Danny. <laughs> <laughs> right, so Thomas Cromwell. Yeah, so um, oh, so Robert Packington, <laughs> before he died, was directly reporting to Thomas Cromwell on matters in Flanders at the behest of Cromwell's man of business, Stephen Vaughan, who's, who held strongly Protestant sympathies. Mm. Okay. On the morning of the 13th of November. Love a bit of Flanders. Love it. <laughs> 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 no, I can't not go there. <laughs> On the morning of the 13th of November, 1536, while crossing the street from his home in Cheapside to attend Mercer's Chapel, located opposite, Paddington was shot with a gun and killed. And I have a quote from a source here that says, and one morning amongst all other being a great sorry obviously it's, it's old English um, being a great misty morning such as hath seldom been seen even as he was crossing the street from his house to the church he was suddenly murdered with a gun which of the neighbours was plainly heard and by a great number of labourers there standing at Soper's Lane end but the deed doer was never espied nor known ooh so wow. this so is a cold case. This is a really cold case. So it's like a grassy case. knoll situation. Yeah. When you read from that era, it just, it just sounds like Yoda to me. Yeah. A little Yoda. But I just, I think this That's case... That's my witty interjection. <laughs> this has been cold for almost 500 years, but I think we can crack yeah, it wide open, but guys. it's still cold. <laughs> yeah. Oh, jeez. <laughs> so on, who are our suspects? <laughs> no pressure, guys. Wow. Are they still alive? There are some suspects. Um, <laughs> there was a the murder was never found, despite there being a great reward for information. This is a busy time of day, surely. Yeah. Like church must market. have been like, and church yeah. must have been a big yeah. thing. Yeah, everyone's going to church. It's a market. People are just turning a blind eye because they're scared of whoever did this. Possibly. Yeah. Also, they're like, how'd they get that handgun? Those weren't invented till 1927. (laughs) (laughs) Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. <laughs> but that still happens now, right? People just yeah. won't talk. That must have yeah. been the case. People would have been terrified. Yeah. Actually, yeah. we did yeah. a case once about this town whereby this guy was such a shit yeah. that people, they basically, the town went vigilante and someone killed him in front of everyone and nobody ever said yeah. who mm, killed him. Yeah. So what was, the, I mean, I guess we've got to think about what the kind of the vibe was from the Public well, and this is pre-Robert Peel and the establishment of the Met or anything like that. So the way of policing would have been so different anyway. Yeah. They wouldn't have been structured policing in the way yeah. we know it now. They Not were nice 999 experiences. <laughs> yeah. I would be terrified of everything back then. Like everything yeah. just sounds terrifying. Like yeah. there's no order unless you can buy your way into People stuff. People are literally yeah. shitting in the street. Yeah, yeah. I mean... That's the bit I'd look forward to, though. <laughs> I'm always getting caught short. So I'm just like, oh, I can just do it here. That's, that's cool. That's great. Thank you. Yeah, Anna. see, if I had to poo in the street, I would literally never poo again and something would perforate and I would die. <laughs> because I'm repressed. <laughs> and that's just the difference between Hannah and Sally. <laughs> <laughs> Two women, one nutshell. <laughs> and it really stinks because Hannah's... Anyway. <laughs> No, I, I, I would cease to exist. After I had my first baby, they were like, it hasn't been two weeks. That's not physically possible. I was like, oh, yes, it is. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Don't be silly. You underestimate me. <laughs> Definitely been two weeks, and I'll give you another two. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> so I think we solved it. <laughs> Yeah, well, I can... Do you want me to tell you the list of suspects? Yeah, no, please. Elizabeth I, three years old, owns ten pistols. Uh, Sorry, so back that's libel. <laughs> murder was interpreted by the Protestant, Protestant reformers as martyrdom, and it became a source of religious controversy. Mm. Um, in 1545, the Protestant reformer John Bale suggested that... What? Just your little... Uh, it's fine because I secretly burped. You just had like a... Yeah, I'm sorry. I laughed at your secret burp and I apologise. That's the level I'm at right now. <laughs> That's cool. He suggested that conservative bishops were behind the murder. Um, a similar suggestion was made in 1548 by Edward Hall, my source from before. And I think in 2019, Taylor Glenn suggested a bishop. <laughs> oh, you did? Yeah. yeah. <gasps> Bishop's Pistols, my favourite brand. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he, they also attributed it to the Catholic clergy. Uh, this other guy, John Fox, um, held the clergy responsible, but in the process of doing so, proposed a contradictory theory of the crime. Um, in 1559, Fox claimed that John Stokesley, a former Bishop of London, had paid a priest 60 gold coins to carry out the murder. Uh, but in 1563... Fox stated that John Innocent, um, a former dean of St Paul's, had made a deathbed confession, uh, which he had in which he admitted to arranging for for pa Packington's murder. So this Fox guy is kind of claiming all sorts of different. Yeah. Um, also, things. deathbed confessions, I mm. never buy them. Yeah. I agree with you. Mm. I think in in a way that's a form of martyrdom, isn't it? It's yeah. Kind of saying. Here's my incredibly noble acts on behalf of the church. Yeah. I, yeah. I like Coin Guy for the crime. Ah, yeah. Okay. Much more motive, actually, mm. with the money. And yeah, it feels like... I feel like there's a nobility in organised religion in taking the flag. 
Right. And I feel that, that well, well, we know from uh, the Catholic Church to um, jihadists that there is a nobility yeah. in saying I committed the awful crime. Mm. Yeah. And so I'm mm. not sure I entirely trust it. Okay. Um, coin bloke <laughs> seems like he's got <laughs> cause. Bloke. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, that definitely checks out. Also, I think if you're a bishop as well, you've got like a lot of cloth, so you are hiding that pistol. That's easy, <laughs> isn't it? Like you've got all of the, the doobries, so you can just whip it out, bosh, whip it back under. Yeah. Yes, Just true. on a fashion level. And Given, granted. They made a choice to do it. I mean, we're assuming it's a busy time. I think we're right on that. What was the yeah. time of the murder? Just morning. That's all we I've got. We just know it's morning. But didn't it say in the, um, in the bit where the, the, there was an eyewitness, the eyewitness said there was loads of people around? Yeah. Yeah, so th- the there were people around. The choice to do it when there's a crowd, to me, is very interesting, rather than like killing them in his sleep or right. finding them late at night. Because people like, heard it too, and it would have yeah. been a more unusual sound. I mean, surely. But I also think then. that at that time, the popularity of the church would mean that the best way to hide in plain sight is to be uh, a cleric of some kind. Surely, if everybody's gathering to go to church, yeah. what's the best thing to be in that situation yeah. with a gun is a cleric? Right. Because you're meant right. to be there. Right. Yeah. And as you say, like just whipping it out into the cloth. Uh-huh. Nothing happened here. Go give a sermon. Boom. Yeah. Is it wrong that I'm aroused by the picture whipping? <laughs> <laughs> this has got flashes of flea bag. It's become slightly sexy. <laughs> <laughs> I now want to be the toothless sex worker. <laughs> But, um, I'm into it. Don't say that about yourself. You've got wooden teeth. You have those wooden teeth. See, that's my fear of living in the olden days, the teeth. Yeah. Mm. Oh, so much. Or to Americans, just British people's teeth. Yeah. <laughs> like. just anything gynecological, just, oh, uh, no, no. Um, Sorry. <laughs> so I really went there. <laughs> there are some counterpoints to this. The Catholic apologist... Which, th- that's a fun title. It I really is. It didn't occur to me you could be a Catholic apologist until I literally read it here. <laughs> but people going, sorry. <laughs> oh, just like, it's not that I bad. I mean, that's basically the Pope's job, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> that's basically what he does full time. Absolutely. <laughs> sorry about the raping, but. <laughs> we, we have, we're, yeah, we're working on it. <laughs> so he said that Fox was slandering, you know, the Catholics. And um, he released a book, I think, in 1570, Oh, no. And then in response to him, Fox said in this book, another book, claiming that Packington's murderer was an Italian. So he changed his theory again. Oh, and some other accounts, uh, these chroniclers, Jon Snow, blah, 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 Richard Grafton. We don't need to know. Sorry, did I hear Jon Snow? (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm really confused. I think it's really aroused because Jon Snow would get it. He has every right to that throne. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) See, I'm aroused by the thought of Jon Snow, the newsreader, not (laughs) I'm more interested in him. Oh, also, like, imagine, like, bringing out a book in those days. Like, these days, you can self-publish easy, got a book. But in, like, the 15th yeah, century, like, I'm going to bring press. out a book. I'm going to fucking, like, you're bankrupt yourself. Yeah, and, you? like, no one can read. Yeah. <laughs> also, your right hand's going to give way, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Because you're having to write the whole thing longhand. It would take yeah. so long. This is pre-printing press. Yeah. 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 Um, That's wild. That's crazy. So this uh, this other counterpoint slash uh, this other suspect 
so this guy, Raphael Hollinshead, uh, put forward an entirely different version of events, claiming that a felon that hanged at Banbury had confessed on the gallows to Packington's murder as well. So we have another death confession. <laughs> Sally is but not. Sally is suspicious of that too. I'm not having that because <laughs> um, I'm not having that because pretty much when you look back at these things, first of all, it's nearly always a Johnny Foreigner who is blamed for something right. in this kind of slightly Brexity. Yeah, um, blaming ancient, an Italian. Yeah, there's always seems to be an yeah. Italian or a Spaniard or yeah. something who's done the wrongdoing. Mm. Um, Secondly, as my learned colleague pointed out, a, a deathbed confession yeah. is is not that reliable. It seems like no. a romantic, noble, grand thing to yeah. do. Um, it's only because... I you... feel it was somebody in the church. Yeah. You? Well, yeah, and also I think that deathbed confessions is because they're thinking one day someone will talk about me on a podcast. Yes. Like, yeah. They want to be remembered. Like... Also, how easy is it to pay somebody who's about to be hanged? You're the bishop. So much <gasps> Pay their family because yeah. obviously they can't spend the money. Yeah, yes. can confess it right before you go, and also and I'll give, give your wife a shinny. Yeah, <laughs> what are they called? And a shimmy your, shake. Make your pointless, meaningless life of note. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bishop, I, I can picture this fucking bishop. My um, my suspicion is always with organized religion. I'm afraid <laughs> that is just my instinct in life. Yeah. Okay. I will um, be hard-pressed to argue against that. Well, um, well, you've basically answered my last question. I was going to say, do we think the Catholics did it or someone with a political motive? It sounds like we think the church did it. The- I mean, it's yeah, it, it certainly doesn't feel like it's just a felon that's like, I'm going to shoot someone. Oh, I've shot a contraven- controversial MP yeah. who has said, like, imagine that. It's definitely a deliberate thing, Sorry. isn't it? So yeah. for the American and anybody who's listening, Henry VIII established the Church of England. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's not established at this point. So we are we are talking when you say anti-clerical we're still talking about the Catholic. Yeah, it's the Protestants trying to, so basically, yeah, the the Protestants and the Catholics are kind of fighting for power. Right. Um and in theory the Protestants are seizing power from the I know Catholics. this is late in the game for this question, <laughs> but I know I can feel that there are people that appreciate so that I'm asking th- this. This guy is in a position of power to get laws passed that help Protestants mm-hmm. and hurt Catholics. Do you know what? See, I wasn't thinking of it that way. That's why I said like the separation of church and state. I thought this guy was just anti don't get religion muddled in this at well, all. I so I was like, so could a Protestant have killed him? I don't think being completely non-religious is an option at this point. Like, yeah, I don't, okay. you can, okay. I don't think you can live your life and just be like, down right. with God. Yeah. Because you're like a heathen and right. will be killed. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. But you're gotcha. one or the other. Yeah. You're like, yeah. This is 1500 or, yeah. or Mississippi right now. Yeah, They were trying to take power away from the Catholic mm-hmm. Church. So, so there's they, more motive there. Yeah, they're tr- so they probably are trying to separate, not separate church and state, but separate British or English Parliament or whatever mm-hmm. it was then. God, my history is shoddy. But separate that really? from... Really? You're saying that in front of me? <laughs> from, but from the Catholic, okay. from the Vatican. So they're, okay. take, they want, they're making their own laws separate. To They don't have to pay all their taxes or all everything back to Italy. Yeah. So there, there is that. But also there's, I think there's, um, there's a problem with the fact that um, Catholicism um, historically has been the pauper's religion. And so people are on board with Catholicism. Yeah. So your subjects are on board with Catholicism and it's a huge sea change required in the country. Yeah. And it, and it, yeah, it's a huge sea change, definitely. And people were seriously devout and upset, like, 
it wasn't just like, oh, fine, I'll say whatever. There was a real um, kickback. Guys, you've just always been so busy over here. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the, the Catholic, we're just building, building. <laughs> they were more, they had much more sort of ceremony and stuff. Mm. Whereas the Protestants were... Well, because there was this huge effort to not appear yeah, that yeah. way, right? Like, don't look too religious because that's, yeah. that's very but Catholic. But also, can and... I just say, though, yeah. still to this day, Catholicism is just the best-looking religion. <laughs> it is. It's like looking Yeah, it's fit. Like, the it's got, like... The aesthetics of it. The aesthetics the of it are yeah. really good. Like, yeah. the clothes, yeah. the windows, yeah. the stuff, <laughs> the churches. Yeah. Like, yeah. The, the stuff is they good. Law it's it's attractive. Thing. Yeah, Jude they've got the incense. Young they've got the blood and wine. They've got the good candles. They've got the good statues. Like, they have got the stuff down. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Aesthetically, it's a great religion. Yeah. I The first time I saw the Vatican, that's right, I've seen it more than once, but I really <laughs> wanted to. I'm on this tour bus, and I'm like, I want to just be nonplussed. I want to be like... It's, it's there's amazing. There's so much damage, done. and I and I was like, "Oh, fuck off!" Like this is gorgeous. It's just it is just yeah. gorgeous, stunning. It's yeah. Yeah. it's out of this world. Protestants, on the whole, I think it's fair to say Protestants don't have an eye for aesthetics. I would say no, because they were de- <laughs> they're not the most stylish religion. They were deliberately trying. I think they, that's to... all right to say. You need to write this article. <laughs> <laughs> of all the religions, I would say that Protestants. Presbyterian Protestants, Church of England. We're not the most stylish. You don't immediately go like, oh yeah. Yeah, I don't know why I'm saying we. I'm an atheist, but like, but, but it's the least stylish branch of religion, yeah. like Judaism and Islam and Catholicism. That they're, yeah. they're like, and Sikhism and Hinduism. Stuff. They're like, they look good. They've got, They've got some the stuff. Beauty so going true. on. Yeah. This yeah. Is great. Yeah. <laughs> Well, there's no hand ringing in a prayer cap in a blackened church. Like, it's really <laughs> depressing. <laughs> um, I love so, ranking religions by like stylishness. That's, really, that's great. It's literally all I got for you. That's <laughs> all I've got for you. That's great. <laughs> well, you know, guns don't kill people. Organized religion kills people. So I think we solved it. I think we did. Yay, cheers. Hey, let's all become Catholics. <laughs> we threw the church on the bus. Drunk women solving crime. We have time now for our listener crime. And this was written in on our last live show, one of the anonymous slips of paper that we got from a member of our audience. Um, and it says, Our landlord has a few thousand pounds on our gas meter. Don't know if it's criminal, but he told us not to worry about it. <laughs> um, which sounds Wait. quite dodgy. What does that mean? So they've moved in and the gas meter is already high? Yeah, so they've got this um, gas meter that they presumably would be having to top up. Like, I used, I used to live in this flat where I had to do it with electricity. Um, and, like, literally, the lights would go off. Cause it was like, and you'd have to go to the shop. So, and so yeah, could, yeah, we had to go around to the wow. shop. Yeah, it was sucked. Um, so they've got this with a gas meter. And yeah, it's like preloaded with a few. So thousand. it's preloaded with loads of money. Yeah. And so theoretically, they don't have to top it up, but yeah. they're going through the motions of topping it up. Yeah. Or they're just they've got free gas, and I mean, it does sound like it could be some form of money laundering. Mm. I don't understand how. Money it does laundering. definitely sound it's like great. that. But what I would do, speaking <laughs> as a journalist, so as a deeply cynical. Um, evidence-based person what I would do in their situation is I would take a photograph Ooh. of on their phone of the meter and yeah. that photograph will be date stamped yeah. so if there's ever any comeback 
for yeah. them. They have a date stamped photograph of where it was yeah. early on in the proceedings. That's a good tip. Maybe just a little selfie, get yourself in there as well. <laughs> yeah. so be like, Today's paper. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pan coin for scale. <laughs> Sally Hughes writes about religion and style. <laughs> yeah, whenever a landlord says, don't worry about it, I just, yeah. that, will, that yeah. will keep me up I nights. I agree. Yeah. It's like, what's he involved? Like, what's that scam? How is that? I agree. It's something, yeah, I don't like the sound of it. Yeah. I'm immediately going to like hydroponics and like, <laughs> what are they growing in the loft and why is there such yeah. a surplus of fuel payment? I yeah, always I, remember I my have friend any questions. lived next door to this house and it snowed and on snow day uh, they, you like there was no snow on their roof and every other roof and it's because they had a weed farm in there and they, yeah that's how they were found out. Oh my god yeah. they got Amazing. caught. Yeah they got caught. Yeah. Oh that's oh. quite interesting isn't it? So I wonder, if the, <laughs> I wonder if the police knew that that would be a giveaway and did a helicopter because the police do that a lot with helicopters to find oh, hydroponics. Really? Oh really? So like heat, heat sensitive. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Oh, so so I wonder goggles. if when there was heavy snowfall the police were like alright today's the day let's find some weed farms well yeah I mean they could and you could also see it from the street because everyone was like well that's hilarious because (laughs) (laughs) I worried about heat sensitive like helicopters because like when I've had a few drinks I get really hot and I worry that they'll be like I think there's a weed farm in there and they'll be like it's Hannah in bed it's it's hydroponic Hannah like a superhero (laughs) oh yeah I don't like the sound of that no and you just feel like is someone gonna come for this like give me my gas money (laughs) like I don't like I don't know how there would be anyone knocking on the door but yeah the landlord could turn at the end and be like you're not getting your deposit back because you spent all the gas money yeah get a picture ASAP and send it on an email to yourself so it's date stamped yes I maybe to us so we can tweet it (laughs) (laughs) I remember living in a like the first flat in London it was terrible I'm pretty sure it was an illegal flat like Ah. things were just wrong with it and you're like I'm just grateful to have a bed (laughs) Um, and that's when I first started dating my now husband and then we just did like I mean we technically like gave our notice and everything but we kind of just fled a moonlight flit we did a bit of a moonlight flit and I just remember like the bed was terrible but there were 800 pillows and I just remember stacking them up this bookshelf and we're like okay bye and then months later and I don't even know how she got our address one of the many roommates we had they're like um, we finally got our gas bill. We're just wondering if you can like chip in, oh, and wow. it was like four grand. <laughs> oh my what? god! It's the worst. Everybody there used these because the heat oh. didn't work, but everybody was using these little space heaters and just like <gasps> oh. very weird stuff going on. And we're like, fuck that, man! Like, mm-hmm. I didn't even. No. Yeah. How, How did they find? I, I had that with a phone company where one of the phone engineers was tapping into my telephone number and calling all over the world oh for several my God. hours. And um, every couple of months, I would get a bill for like six thousand pounds. And She'll every never and every single time the bill came, I got cut off because I would call them and say, "This isn't me," and they go, "Fine, fine, fine." And then they would just cut me off, oh and then I would God. spend a month getting put back on. And I had to explain to a new person oh, in the call center every time. Oh but it's really, but it's really common, apparently. So engineers wow. just kind of tap in. So wow. if they go, if they go into any, you know, the little units in the street. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what the technical term is, but they open the little box in the street yeah. and they can basically make phone calls wow. that last hours long to anywhere. Oh, I wonder what they're talking about. <laughs> it's kind of like, you know, when you have long chats on the phone, it's kind of nice. I mean, it's not £6,000 nice, but. Yeah, no, literally thousands and thousands of pounds. Wow, so crazy. 
That's another crime I've been a victim of. I mean, I've yeah. got Yeah. Sally, be careful out there. <laughs> I'm like a fucking jinx. Any moment now, someone's just going to bomb this thing. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. Oh, that escalated. Having <laughs> <laughs> a phone hacked. Yeah. <laughs> I think taking a photo of it yeah. and just like, yeah. keeping careful yeah. records. That's, sound that's, it'll be date stamp. Always sound advice with yeah. any landlord. Okay. We solved it. Wow, and I think I understand Henry VIII now Sally what are you up to is there anything you would like to plug well I've got my usual stuff so I write columns for the Telegraph and the Guardian and then uh, my new book is about the Queen so that's (gasps) uh, so my fourth book comes out next year but this third book is like a funny little palette cleanser sorbet of a book which is about the Queen and the hidden codes in her clothes oh like the Brexit the, the Brexit hat awesome. and the Donald Trump jewellery oh, yes. and, oh and the subtle trolling by the Queen. <gasps> I love this. Oh my God, I amazing. love this. And what the, what the Queen does with her handbag and the different codes. Oh, it's all oh really interesting. Okay. So, um, it was, it, so it was... Happy for me. Happy for my So I have a real soft spot uh, for the Queen in that... Um, well, you know, she's quite repressed and proper, but she would kill a man, which is basically, I can't think why I'm so drawn to her. But um, I love her. I've loved her my whole life. Yeah. I think she's amazing. And I am really fascinated by the fact that she's a person who can say nothing and yet says everything. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. In a, in a stealthy, in a stealthy yeah. way. And what so, is it called? When is it out? Uh, so it's called Our Rainbow Queen. Ooh. And um, it's it's really cheap for one of my books. Normally they're like 30 quid, but this book is like nine ninety nine or something. Oh, okay. And it's available literally everywhere. <laughs> and um, it is out May the 30th. Oh, oh, wow, so soon. Yeah, yeah and um, oh, I'm doing talks at the V&A and lots of TV and press and stuff for it. Fantastic. Okay, yeah. so it's out now. Yeah. Oh, oh, sorry. Okay. This is the future. It's out now. Literally today, this is recorded in real time. <laughs> um, oh, that sounds Yeah, great. so it's literally everywhere. It's in uh, fashion stores and uh, gay lifestyle stores and all bookshops and department stores. It's literally everywhere. And cool. it's a really nice, affordable one. So if you're going out yeah. t- with, to dinner with a friend, you can just pick it up for under a tenner on the way, which is quite nice. Awesome. Brilliant. Love it. Yay. Woo. Thank you so much for coming in, Sally, and goodbye. Yay. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Thanks Woo. for having me. Drunk Women Solving Crime is produced by Amanda Redman. Music by The Lion and the Wolf. If you would like to, you can follow us on Drunk Women Pod on Twitter. On Facebook and Insta, we are Drunk Women Solving Crime. And please review us on Apple Podcasts and also, if you have a crime that you would like us to solve, write it on a review on Apple Podcast as well. Thank you to ACAS and thank you for listening. Bye! You've heard the podcast, now buy the merch. There's a full range of certified organic cotton t-shirts, jumpers and hoodies all on the website. Just go to drunkwomensolvingcrime.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.